But really, who knows what might happen? Yes. So we're glad to be here today. And if you're joining us by live stream right now, how glad we are that you're joining us by live stream. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 today. And the words will be up on the screen if you want to follow along there. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we're continuing with our theme, Connect Four, Four Ways to Connect with God. And it's, it's my privilege to talk to you about connecting with God through the sacraments. It's so special and so powerful. Uh, and I need to share a memory with you. It's about Mr. George and Miss Margie Waddell. They were this great couple in my church, and I remember them from my childhood. And I can't promise you that my memory of them as a child was, was totally accurate, but here is my memory of Mr. George and Miss Margie. Mr. George was a tall guy, and he had reddish hair that he always kept in a crew cut, and he had lots of freckles. And I remember Mr. George well. He was always uh, one of the ushers at the church, and he would always come up for the offering. And I remember when he would come up for the offering, um, and he would stand there waiting for the minister to, to pray and hand the offering plate, which I would get for home church. He had a military background, so he would stand at parade rest like this. And that's how I saw him here prior to this time. He stood at parade rest. And that's, for some reason, he was always there. Uh, Miss Marjorie was, um, she was kind of tall too. She was kind of round. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that she was made to hug, okay? Miss Margie had big blue eyes and Miss Margie talked a lot. <laughs> Mr. George did not talk very much. I don't know which came first, him not talking much because she talked a lot or her talking a lot because he didn't talk very much. They were a perfect couple, and they were always there. Uh, the Waddells had a beautiful place uh, on the water. It was at Riverton Road Trail, and it was right where Pickwick Lake ran into the Tennessee River. Just gorgeous spot. And behind their home uh, was a dock, of course, and was a stretch of gravel beach. And on this stretch of gravel beach was where... Uh, anyone from my home church went to be baptized when they wanted to be immersed. And so on June the 14th, 1970, late in Sunday afternoon, a group of people from my home church gathered on the little gravel beach behind the Waddell's house. Uh, Brother Earl Stewart held my hand and we walked out into the water there and he baptized me. And I was nine years old, going on 10. And that was almost 50 years ago. I'm telling my age a little bit. But I'm telling you that to remember, to tell you how much I remember.
remember that moment just like it was yesterday. I remember being baptized. I remember uh, coming out of that water and all my friends and family from my home church being on that little gravel bank there. And Miss Margie Ham had her accordion. Right? I know, isn't that great? She, by the, way, by the way, she still plays the piano at my home church, but she had her accordion, and they were singing, Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. You remember that song? Happy day, happy day when Jesus washed what? My sins away. They're singing that on that little gravel shore. Do you remember your baptism? Is it a day you'll never forget? If you were a baby, of course you don't remember. You hear your parents and you hear your friends tell you about it. If you were little and you were young, you don't remember. Maybe so often. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was recently. But it's special. It's special. Because we remember baptism and we make it special because as Methodists, we believe this. We believe something happens when we're baptized. We believe something happens when you have when you have us and you have God and you have the family of God and you have that water, that somehow there's a connection that's very, very special. And we call it a special word. We call it a sacrament. And here's what a sacrament is. A sacrament is an outward sign of an inward grace. That's what it is. An outward sign of an inward grace. And here's what I mean by that. When I say outward sign, I mean there's something visible, something you can see there. In the case of baptism, it's the water. And we use water for a special reason. It's, it's always been a part of God's creative work since the very beginning. When we offer uh, the sacrament of baptism and we, we pray uh, at the river or at the church or wherever we are doing the baptism, we say a special prayer of thanksgiving and we say it over the water. And in this prayer, we remember creation, God sweeping over the dark water and bringing creation out of chaos. We remember Noah and the ark and God's promise of covenant through the rainbow. We remember God leading the people of, of Israel through the waters of the Red Sea to freedom on the other side. We remember that when the time was right, Jesus came nurtured in the water of a womb to bring himself to us. We remember when Jesus started his ministry and he came to his cousin John and he said, I want to be baptized. And John said, why are you asking me for baptism? I should be asking you. But Jesus said, no, this is the right time. This is the right place. And in the waters of the Jordan, Jesus was baptized and the spirit came and rested on him. So water, water has always been the outward sign that we use for that inward grace of baptism. It helps us to remember. It helps us to remember that we're connected. Something happens at baptism. We're connected to God. We're connected to our church family. It doesn't just get us a little bit wet. We're baptized into something. We're baptized into three things. We're baptized into the grace and forgiveness of God. That water 
it symbolizes something. It symbolizes the cleansing of our hearts and our souls. It goes much deeper than the ritual washing that the, that the Jews did uh, from time to time in Jesus' days that they would have been familiar with because baptism symbolizes more than that. It symbolizes leaving an old life behind and coming into a new life. All of this by the grace of God because no one ever comes to the waters of baptism on their own merit. None of us can do that. None of us ever comes saying, God, I deserve to be forgiven. None of us do. The water is a symbol. And how many of you know that water itself can't wash away the sin? If it could, we'd carry a spray bottle with us all the time, wouldn't we? It's, it's not that. It's just God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's freedom. And we desperately need that. We desperately need that. How many of you see people each day that you know uh, they might look fine and beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're wearing a heavy burden. It's like they have a, a heavy coat of, of guilt and, and fear and, and shame and regret. And they would love to leave all that behind. How many of you see people every day that are like stuck in a tar pit of the way things have always been and they think, well, I just wish that things could be different. I wish that it could be different. Baptism helps us to receive that freedom and forgiveness that comes from the grace of God. Come to the water, we say. Come to the water and receive that freedom. So in the Methodist church, we, uh, we come from the Methodist uh, roots and Methodist background, and we... Uh, we practice three kinds of baptism, three modes of baptism. We, we practice sprinkling, pouring, and immersion, and they're all pretty self-explanatory. Immersion, I know we're in the South, so I'll just say, that means dunking, right? Sprinkling and pouring are pretty self-explanatory. But we, we do whatever the person chooses to be comfortable with them because we believe that it's not the amount of water, it's what the water symbolizes that we're baptized into something, that we are connected with God. So we baptize grown-ups, and we baptize young adults and children, and we even baptize babies. We baptize infants, really like a majority of Christians around the world do. And here's why we do that, in case somebody ever asks you. We are baptizing infants just like we're baptizing adults and young adults because of what baptism is, we believe. It is a sacrament of incorporation into the community of faith. And we want to incorporate everybody that wants to come into the community of faith, including our little babies. We incorporate them all into the family of God. Another thing we're baptized into is we're baptized into the family of God. We're baptized into the movement towards God. Baptism, more than anything else, is an act of the Spirit by the community of faith. An act of the Spirit by the community of faith. At baptism, we're claimed for the family of God. That means that uh, our local church family is claiming us. You're, you're one of us. You're one of ours. And that means that our family extends beyond the walls of this church and extends all the way back to all the saints who have ever been baptized into Christ. 
and it extends all the way forward to all the saints who will come after us who are baptized into the family of Christ. All who follow Jesus all around the world, we are connected through the water. We're connected into the family, but also into a movement, right? A movement toward God. Have you ever wondered why Jesus came for baptism? It wasn't because he needed forgiveness of sin, because he had no sin. He came because he wanted to be identified with the movement. He came because he wanted to be a part and he wanted to set an example for the people of that day and for us by saying, now's the time to move away from the old and to move toward God. We become a part of the family. We become a part of that movement too when we're baptized. That's why it's so special to bring infant and children, even though they can't speak for themselves, we recognize we recognize God's already doing something in their life. Even before they ever first have a thought to say yes to God, God's already doing something special and by his grace before they even become aware of it. Jewish families used to bring their children to the temple to be circumcised. And the parents and the community would claim that child for the covenant law, even though that child was too young to make that claim for himself. And at his bar mitzvah, then he would make that claim for himself, that claim that had been made by his parents and by his community of faith uh, when he was just a baby. In the same way, when an infant is brought for baptism, the community and the parents make a claim for that baby that that child will someday claim for himself or herself at confirmation. That's the way we do in the Methodist church. And then thirdly, we're baptized into the ministry of Christ. When Jesus was baptized, we just read about in Matthew 3, it was the launching point for his public ministry. He was baptized, the heavens opened up, the Spirit of God descended like a dove, and God said, you are my son, the beloved. I'm well pleased in you. Now go get him. I just made that last part up. But it's implied, right? Now go get him. Now you're ready to go. And our baptism is like our ordination into ministry for Christ. I could ask how many clergy are here. It'd be very few of us would raise our hand. But if I ask how many of you are ministers, I would hope every one of you would raise your hand. Because you know what? Your baptism is your ordination. You're part of the family. You're part of the movement. Now go get them. Now go get them is what God says to us. So that's a little bit intimidating, I know. It's just a little bit intimidating. There's, if there's not a part of you that says, I don't know if I can do this, then you're not hearing it right. Because it is a little intimidating. But the good news is, in baptism, we have connection. <laughs> we have connection to God. We have a connection to a community that's bigger than us. It's an act of the Spirit through the community of faith. God is at work through baptism. God is at work through the Spirit. God is at work in the community. All of that to bring into reality his kingdom. God's kingdom. So we connect through the sacraments. So here's a little Methodist trivia question. We have two sacraments in the United Methodist Church. Uh, one is baptism, I just talked about. What's the other one? Holy Communion, right? Holy Communion. Let me read to you a, a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
about Holy Communion, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord, Paul writes, what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Holy communion, just like baptism, is a sacrament. It's an outward sign of an inward grace. Holy communion is a sacrament that was instituted by Christ as a means of grace. It's like God was saying, if you do these things, uh, then the Spirit will be active in your life and connect you to God and connect you with each other in a special way. That's the way a sacrament works. Now, how does it work exactly? I don't know. And I don't mean that to sound like a cop-out. I just don't know. It's a mystery how it works. We have to trust God for these things and not throw up obstacles. I don't exactly know how the Spirit moves. I don't exactly know what God does during Holy Communion and through baptism. We can't control the Spirit. We just try not to quench it. Holy Communion is an outward sign of an inward grace. An outward sign for baptism is water. An outward sign for Holy Communion is the bread and the cup. Why the bread and the cup? Well, because that's what Jesus gave us. That's when Jesus said, here's how you remember me, it was with the bread and the cup. This blood, this cup is the blood of the new covenant that's given for you. This, this bread is my body broken for you. Communion with each other. Communion with God. Okay, so I talked about the Methodist way of doing baptism. Let me close with talking about the Methodist way uh, of doing communion because... Um, it's, it seems it might be different for you. Uh, in Methodist church, 